So hello and welcome to I Heart Anxiety, a brainless podcast. So what the hell, first of all, am I doing calling my podcast I Heart Anxiety and what the hell is brainless? Let's begin with the latter. So brainless is um, an international organization. It's international because eventually it will be international. And I have been to Mexico, so it's international. Okay, so it's an organization that's dedicated to creating educational experiences to wake up the world and to elevate consciousness. So essentially, it's a brand that's attempting to kind of put this movement into action that continues to educate and engage and exemplify what it means to wake up and to elevate consciousness. So um, Brain Lids does that through a variety of workshops, through different posts, through different things. And in this specific case, it's going to do it through a podcast. So I heard anxiety. What the hell is this? Well, first of all, I thought it was an interesting play on the idea of mental health, because first of all, the main purpose of this podcast is to attempt to kind of reframe mental health. I don't even like calling it mental health. That is quite frankly annoying to me. What it should be called is distressing events that are annoying and cause us to suffer and are uncomfortable that we want to get rid of, but don't necessarily know how and want some help with doing so. So instead of us calling it mental health, why don't we calling why don't we call it like m- mental distress? So just circumstances that are either physical by nature, psychological by nature, or emotional by nature that causes some sort of uncomfortable distress. And for me, the main one that has been doing that my whole life, and especially amplified over the past couple years, has been anxiety. So. I actually want to attempt to fall the shit in love with anxiety, to find ways to appreciate and understand why the hell it is plaguing me, why the hell I am so powerless to it, why am I so powerless to fear, because all anxiety is, is the state of unease or of worry or of tenseness that comes out of the feelings of fear. And sometimes like in, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder or a panic disorder or social anxiety disorder, the triggers for the anxiety are very obvious. And other times like in generalized anxiety disorder, the triggers are not obvious. You're like, why the shit am I anxious? Why do I feel nervous? Why am I tense? It's like I was talking to my best friend the other day and we said sometimes people are like, why are you anxious? And you're like, I literally have no fucking, I have no idea. I have no clue. I just am. So Obviously, there's like a multitude of explanations for this, right? So either you have just like a set point emotionally where you tend to be a more anxious person because of genetics, because of childhood, because of the way you talk to yourself and continue to talk to yourself, because of foods you eat, because of negative stimuli that you continue to ingest, things like that, right? But we'll get into all that later. The point being that I want to find a way to explore the concept of something that's distressing us and find ways to use it to better ourselves to make us more conscious to elevate our consciousness to help wake us up because Eckhart Tolle a super well-known spiritual teacher and leader and master um, talks about these sort of distressing ailments you know be it like a broken foot or a broken hip or depression or anxiety as the perfect spiritual practice 
or, you know, the perfect meditative practice. Because essentially, when you're plagued with something that's bothering you, and it doesn't even have to be like a serious disorder or something, normally we want it to go away. We want to get rid of it. We want to push it away. We want to get it off of us, out of us, out of our life. And that could be a physical ailment. That could be an emotional disorder or emotional, uh, just a feeling. That could be a person. But as humans, we like to see something in front of us that we don't like. And we like to push it away, get away from us, right? But with things like anxiety, sometimes you don't just, you can't just push it away. I mean, you could do all the meditation and all the running, eat all the right foods and listen to all the right music and avoid all all the espresso and still be fucking anxious and it's really annoying so lately since i've still experienced it and it's been more amplified the past couple years than ever i'm attempting to reframe the way i'm going to look at this so i'm going to attempt to first of all tell some stories about what it's like to have had it and what it's like to have gotten out of it um because of specific insights into it And for me, the main thing that's helped me understand anxiety and like feelings of fear in general is by understanding like the brain aspect of it. So what it means to have an alarm system in the brain and what the alarm gets triggered by. And when the alarm system starts ringing its damn bells, how that causes this anxiety. So when you understand your quote unquote inner mammalian brain, because we share brain, we share the same brain with mammals, we have the same reactions, emotional reactions. You have such immense fucking power. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So for me, I'm obsessed with that idea. How anxiety isn't something that's ambiguous and this like looming monster or even depression or even, you know, fill in the blank with an emotion that makes you uncomfortable, fear or something. But there are definitely physiological anatomical reasons for these things. And I'm not saying that that's exactly what you know, is responsible for having brought on that emotion, but it's definitely the mechanism or how it arises. And by knowing how something arises, it gives it much less power, I guess, to intimidate you because it becomes simpler and more conquerable. So that being said, it still takes work to kind of, you know, hack your anatomy or hack your physiology or hack your brain to get it to really subside. But it's absolutely doable. It's just like training a muscle, just like going to the gym, doing your damn exercises, you do the same thing with your brain, like the absolute same thing. But there are definitely, you know, that being said, there are definitely a lot of things that do help to quiet down the feelings of anxiety and the, shush the feelings of fear and overcome the feelings of fear that I'm going to get into um, for sure. But I do want to really emphasize in this whole entire podcast as we dissect things that are uncomfortable and become you know, fall in love with the uncomfortable, fall in love with um, things that we don't like, you know, fall in love with things that bother us that we somehow feel powerless towards. But if you fall in love with something that you originally felt powerless towards, you know, you kind of have the upper hand. And that's what you know what I'm saying. So yeah, so I'll kind of get into explaining my story eventually into this. And just a quick disclaimer, I don't think I mentioned this earlier. When I call things disorders, like say I have generalized anxiety disorder or obsessive compulsive disorder, I really want to, the absolute best that I can, detach it from its stigma that it has because a disorder isn't some like creepy, you're sick, you're a psych ward patient, you need to go to the crazy person land and live there forever and perish, right? No. It's just an easy way to conceptualize something that I'm talking about. Like when I say panic disorder, that means that it's 
feelings of panic that arise from severe anxiety that happen to be triggered by specific things. And those things could be thoughts. Or on the flip side, generalized anxiety disorder doesn't mean you're sick, doesn't mean you're crazy, just means there's a general feeling of unease, tension, and worry that you can't necessarily pinpoint. It's just this looming feeling of fear that something's going to go wrong or that something's going to cause you pain. So it, I'll kind of go through and like attempt to kind of, you know, demystify these things because mental health isn't all that scary. And again, we're not calling it mental health anymore. We're calling it things that distress our mind because that could be anything. That could be stress. That could be fear. That could be, you know, a hurt knee. That distresses my mind. You bet your ass it distresses my mind. So going to kind of reframe the way we look at these things, find reasons to fall in love with them, find reasons to be grateful for them. Because for example, earlier when I was talking about how Eckhart Tolle calls these type of things, a spiritual practice, what he means by that or meditative practice is that when you feel like a feeling of fear, for example, what happens is somehow something potentially triggered either consciously or subconsciously a thought that then caused an emotional reaction in your body. And when you have that emotional reaction in your body, it's uncomfortable. It's distressing, right? So therefore, your thoughts are going to start spiraling, attempting to explain it, to figure it out, to talk about how much you don't like it. And when your thoughts continue to amplify it, then your emotion or reaction in your body gets even stronger. And you bet your bottom dollar you know what's happening. That continues to perpetuate this vicious cycle, right? That just continuously pulls you into this deeper and deeper pit of whatever's distressing your mind. So Eckhart Tolle talks about, which I'm obsessed with recently because it's, I'm eventually to a point where it's making sense and I have the strength to do this, is when you feel the emotion of fear or of anxiety or of depression, it's sitting with the emotion, not attempting to shove it away, not attempting to get rid of it because whatever resists, whatever you resist persists and that finally makes sense to me now. So the more I stare at the thing that's unwanted or that's distressing me and say, get the fuck away, the louder and the more present it's going to be. So rather, it's sitting with the thing, the fear, the anxiety, the depressive feelings, the pain, and diving deeper into it, being with it. But key thing, not letting that emotional state control the trajectory of your thinking. So not letting the feelings decide where your focus of thoughts go. That is the absolute key. So it's not a problem that you feel the emotion. I know that it's uncomfortable. Like, and goddamn, trust me, I know that it's uncomfortable. But it's not about shoving it away. It's being with the emotion as it arises and then not letting it control your thinking. And that's what's going to take practice and that's going to take mental strength. And I'll talk about an array of ways to get stronger, strong enough, aware enough of your own thinking, of your own emotions to the point that you can do this with strength and do this quickly. Sometimes catch the anxiety-inducing thought on the first fucking thought, the moment it pops in your head. Thought pops in your head, you feel the emotion of fear, you're aware. You sit there, say, the anxiety is here. The feeling of anxiety is here. And it's super, super key, for example, that you're not saying my anxiety, my depression, my fear, my doubt. Because the more that you personalize whatever it is that's distressing you, the more it becomes a part of who you are, an identity, for example, and the harder it is to get it away, to dissociate from it, to eventually dissolve it, which is, you know, the, the flip side of all this work. 
is that the more that you learn to sit with emotions, I, I mean, trust me, I'm explaining this as if I'm like a fucking expert, but like I'm still learning how to perfect this and still learning how to do this because anxiety is still something that afflicts me and it's still quite annoying, but I'm really trying. And I think that as I try, it's useful to explain kind of what's gotten me here and then what's continuing to get me further. Because what I was going to say is that on the other side of this practice of being with the emotion and controlling your thinking whenever you feel this emotion, it's you're breaking the habit you're breaking the habit of anxiety, the habit of depression, the habit of fear, of the habit of listening to fear. That's the thing. It's the key here is that you've wired in your brain like you've fired so many anxious, fearful, doubtful, stressful thoughts if you're someone that's distressed with these emotional and psychological things that they've wired themselves into your brain and have become habitual for you. So something triggers them, it kicks on the habit loop, and then you're just stuck in this loop. But the more that we learn to break these habits, that's how we get free. It's by sitting with the emotion, catching yourself when you feel an emotion, not trying to push the emotion away, but becoming like hyper fucking aware of what your thoughts are doing within the emotional state. So it's to break the habit between the emotion, which is like, you know, a heavy emotion, sad emotion, a scared emotion, whatever it is, and the way you think about it. Because when you do that, that's how we, you become the master, A, of your thinking, your brain, and B, of your emotions. And you could, and, and again, sometimes like you can really heavily relate some of this to Buddhist concepts. And sometimes people say, when I'm trying to dissociate from my emotions and my thoughts, how am I going to feel anything? The purpose isn't to get rid of emotion, all bad emotion, all good emotion. I think emotion is super insightful, but it's to be able to, despite the emotional state, control what's happening with your thinking or at least control where your focus is lying and how you're reading the emotion or reading a situation right so these are kind of the concepts for example that i'm going to continue to talk about on the i heart anxiety podcast it's going to be ways to fall in love with you know the gift i hate saying that but the gift we were given with this distressing event be it an injury or anxiety or depression so fall in love with what it's trying to teach you because if you can master sitting with emotions and mastering the focus of your thoughts and if you can master having such high level of awareness and high level of consciousness in these sort of distressing situations you truly truly have freedom like you truly have freedom from poor reactions freedom from distress freedom from uncomfortable statics, freedom from suffering. And so that's what the goal is really with this, is to allow people to have freedom and to see the other side of something distressing and uncomfortable, especially pertaining to quote-unquote mental health or mental distress, by falling in love with whatever it is that's bothering them. So I'm going to talk about a lot of different ways to explain anxiety, how what it means, what I've experienced with it, you know, make jokes on it ask people about it, do an array of things with not only anxiety, but other kind of bothersome things. I really like talking with people about things that annoy them or bother them or are hard for them and how the hell they got out of it and how they make sense of it and how they laugh about it and how they fall in love with it. So I heard anxiety podcast, a brain loads podcast with me, Lydia Sofia Obregon. I hope you guys enjoy it and please do update me how you feel about it. I'm attempting to talk so damn slow because I tend to be a fast talker. When I get really pumped, I go ham. So sometimes you're going to notice that, as I'm sure you already have. Um, please subscribe if you do like it. Leave a comment if you do love it. So yeah, our heading's anxiety to the podcast. Thanks for listening, guys.